Hello and welcome to Among Other Things. I'm Trent Ashcraft. On today's episode, I talk to my brother, Jason Ashcraft. We discuss Cincinnati soccer, the World Cup, and the 2012 Summer Olympic Games, among other things. Hey, and before we get started, please do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a positive review. All that sort of stuff really helps out and will help other people find the show. Thanks for your support. And now, here's Jason. Open wide for some soccer. For a long time, people have asked me, and by people, I mean my students, have asked me if I have uh, a brother, a sister, or anything of that nature, and that's been a closely regarded secret. But to the delight of everyone, my brother, soccer expert Jason Ashcraft, is joining us today on Among Other Things. Hello, older brother. Hello, younger brother. I, you're really raising the bar pretty low, actually lowering it down. If you're going to consider me an expert, I'm, I, I'm an aficionado, I guess you could say. Well, you know more about it than I do. I like soccer. Mm-hmm. I, I used to play soccer. I was an avid player in the Georgetown, <laughs> Ohio, Say Soccer Association. Yeah, we both were, yes. Playing for such titanic teams as the Roadrunners mm-hmm. uh, and the Panthers and the Pizza Hut sponsored team that I don't think actually <laughs> had a name. <laughs> but I wanted to have you on today because you, um, I like talking to people who can tell me about things that I don't know a whole lot about. And right. despite the fact that I like soccer and do pay attention to it approximately every four years, Outside of that, I don't really pay any attention <laughs> at all. And you pay a lot of attention. Uh, probably too much attention, to be honest. Too much attention. Yeah. So um, you are now once again living in the Queen City, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. But before that, you were living out in Salt Lake City. Yes. And you became a is, – is, is the term fan – um, yeah, I mean, the term is fan. A supporter? Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess you could say a supporter. Soccer is weird in that um, you have people who, who create fan clubs, basically, right? Mm-hmm. They call them supporters groups. And I guess the best way to liken it is if you are a fan of college basketball, the Cameron Crazies mm-hmm. or the Eruption Zone at UK or where the student section is. And they're always doing the jumping up and down and, and chanting and all that stuff. Pro soccer, well, even amateur soccer, really, um, has usually a group of really fanatical fans who kind of sit in one section and do the chants and bang on drums and light off smoke bombs and all of that. And those are your typical supporters groups. Um, so, yes, I was a member of a supporters group in Salt Lake. I still am in Cincinnati. Uh, but I'm I'm very low key. I don't get in the supporter section and you know take my shirt off and wave it around my head and stuff like that. No one wants to see that. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say I was a supporter of Real Salt Lake when we moved out there. We had season tickets. I think five of the eight years that we were out there. So you did. So you were in Salt Lake and you were a fan of Real Salt Lake. 
Uh, I have two questions about that before we move back to Cincinnati, like you did. Number one, uh, did your supporter group have a name in, in Salt Lake City? It did. They were the Royal Army. Now, that's a good name, the yeah. Royal Army. Now, Real Salt Lake, that's a dumb name. Mm-hmm. So why, why in the world is a team in Salt Lake City named Real Salt Lake? Um, I'm so from what I gathered, because of course I came into this later and had to get this information kind of later on. From what I understand, when the team was going to was being announced, they sort of had a fan contest uh, to pick a name. And if you look at like the earliest MLS teams, they all had sort of the Americanized nicknames. Um, mm-hmm. You know how in the NFL you got the Eagles and the Lions and the Giants or whatever. Um, MLS you had like the Crew, the Fire, the Revolution, those sorts of names. And so Salt Lake was one of the first like expansions, and they had a contest. and And apparently the name that people had um, kind of landed on was Highlanders, I guess, because of the mountains or whatever. And the owners didn't really like that. And so they had also been working with a, some sort of partnership with Real Madrid, the famous Spanish club. And they, I guess, took the name Real Salt Lake. Most people don't like it at this point. (laughs) We just kind of call them RSL. Um, And I would imagine they will rebrand sometime in the next few years. but yeah, it's kind of a dumb name. And at this point, it's like, whatever, it's a dumb name. Let's just roll with it. Well, I guess you're, you've moved back east, mm-hmm. um, back to your homeland of Ohio. <laughs> and now you are a supporter of mm-hmm. FC Cincinnati. Yes. And so, um, which this is how many years now have they been in MLS? They've been in MLS for that. They just ended their third season. Their MLS. third season, and they yeah, were. So what, what were the? What's the lower? They league? were in USL, um, which at the time that they started was the third division. It then was made the second division for their last two years, and so they were there for three seasons. So this is their sixth season of professional soccer. So so they started out as a USL right and they were promoted in a sense um so if you watch I think Ted Lasso goes over this but yes in in Europe they have promotion relegation Richmond has been relegated right it was quite a disaster yes um in US we don't really have that basically what happened was the league that was at the second division was going bust, which happens a lot, unfortunately, in pro soccer. And so the USL, which FC Cincinnati and Louisville City, uh, they're in Louisville play in, they, they just made that level up. They just pushed them up to the second division, um, the US Soccer Federation did. And so they got promoted without actually getting promoted in a sense. It was just the whole thing was lifted up one level. 
So, but so how did they then go from being a USL team to being an MLS team? And it seems like that whole process took pretty, like you said, what, six years? Well, from, it, from the founding of the club to now they're in their, their third years. year. Yeah, it, their third year of MLS. Uh, basically, the way you get in MLS is money. Um, uh, MLS operates like almost any other American sports league where, again, we don't have promotion or relegation um, and they grow through expansion. So the league was founded with, I think, 10 teams originally, a few of those folded, and then now they're at 28 teams coming in next year. Um, so they've really, the league has really grown, but all of that's been through expansion. And so the way Cincinnati did it, and if another team wants to do it this way, they have to do it. Uh, FC Cincinnati came up with a stadium plan. They had a very rich owner, Carl Linder third, who comes from one of the wealthiest families in the city. Um, his dad used to own the Reds. Um, and yeah, I was they, about to say, I thought yeah. Mr. Linder, is, it's not the same guy. No, no, no. He, okay. he passed away. Um, so this is Carl the third. Um, that guy was Carl Leonard Jr., I believe. Um, and they paid, I think, around $150 million expansion fee um, and then built a $300 million stadium. And the, basically the way you get into MLS is money. And MLS has to want you as a market. So, you know, um, no offense to Fort Wayne, Indiana, but they're not going to get an MLS team for the same reason. They're not going to get a major league baseball team or a NFL team or something like that. So then the, is the franchise of FC Cincinnati, is it the same franchise as, as was in the USL? Right. Legally, no. Um, but for all intents and purposes, yes. Um, the FC Cincinnati franchise that existed in USL ceased to exist. They did some legal finagling, changed their name, you know, their legal name. Um, and then I do a lot of air quotes, sorry. And they changed their legal name when they went to MLS, but it's still FC Cincinnati. Colors remain the same. The logo just got updated. Uh, and a legal entity was created with the new name. And did did the roster remain the same or did a brand new roster come in? Well, that was one of the big issues with the move because FC Cincinnati moved really quickly into Major League Soccer. Um, it was They had something like only 200-day run-up from the time it was announced to the time they first kicked the ball. And in their last year in USL, they've got all these guys who were, you know, lower level all-stars basically um, with sort of the promise that a lot of them would be playing in major league soccer. Unfortunately, the gap between USL and major league soccer is pretty high, like the level of skill and, and talent. And so they did not do a very good job building that roster. Um, but yes, yeah, some of the players did make it over, make it over to the MLS side. A lot of them didn't. And the result was that they finished dead last the past three seasons. Like they are still reeling from that initial build that they just completely botched. Um, so, but I'm a fan of Cincinnati sports. So I'm used to teams being 
dead last in a lot of cases. Yeah, uh, during uh, during our lifetime, I, the well, when when I was very young, but don't remember, and you probably do remember, the Bengals and the Reds were both pretty good. But I mean, the Bengals went in the Super Bowl in 80, 89. 89, and then the Reds yeah. won the World Series in ninety. Yeah, and then other than a few sporadic teams here and there, it's pretty much been misery. Yeah, for the for the past <laughs> thirty years. So, um, whether whether it be uh, a Hall of Fame, one of the greatest players of all time, Ken Griffey Jr. coming to Cincinnati and then his body deciding to fall apart, yeah, or whether it be the most exciting season of Bengals football and then having on the second play of the playoff game, having Carson Palmer's knee blown out uh, by a Pittsburgh Steeler. You, if you're a Cincinnati sports fan, you, you learn not to get too excited. Yeah. Life is pain. Existence is pain. Which leads me to just assume, <laughs> even though I am rooting for the Bearcats and I think they belong to in the college football playoff. Like there's something about being a fan of Cincinnati sports that have just led me to believe people shouldn't get too excited about, no. about this, that <laughs> even if they deserve it, they'll probably get screwed out of it because probably. a two loss Alabama team will wind up getting it or yeah. they're going to get, I, I'm assuming there's a championship for the AAC. There is. Yeah. And they'll play like, you know, Tulsa or, somebody i don't know who's in it and then somebody will break their leg so i mean as is as is usually the case i hope that's not true i hope they get in it but i think they need to root for georgia to beat alabama in the sec championship and beat them uh significantly and they need to root for ohio state probably to lose one more game yeah i don't like that part of it but, but, but you know, as an Ohio State fan, I don't like that. But that probably would help them. Uh, or Oregon could lose. That that would probably help too. So, is the fact that so you, going back to this promotion or whatever we call it. Mm-hmm. So essentially, what happened? Because again, the point here is for you to explain these things to me. Here in Louisville, we've got the Louisville Bats, which is a right. AAA baseball team. So the, would this be what happened to FC Cincinnati would be like if Major League Baseball decided that the Louisville Bats were going to be a Major League team and they, they kept the name, they kept the logo, they kept all of that, but they created a new legal entity, mm-hmm. probably added a bunch of players. Right. And, and to, to all observers, it would look like the same team. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's basically what it's like. And there's no, there's no relegation. There's no concern that a team that is finished in last place year after year after year is going to go back down to USL. Correct. Correct. Um, USL and MLS operate on kind of completely different roads Um, in Europe using the Ted Lasso example. Um, and, and honestly, I've never actually watched Ted Lasso, but I know he's the coach of what, FC Richmond or something like that? Yes, the Greyhounds of FC yeah. Richmond. Okay, and I don't know what level they're at, but... Um, 
they were they were they were I think they were supposed to have been Premier League. Okay. And then they went down to Champions. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So in in England, for instance, you have the Premier League, which is the top level that has all the teams that you're probably familiar with, like Liverpool and Manchester United. Um, The team I root for is Tottenham Hotspur, um, Chelsea. They're all in in the Premier League. If you finish at the bottom of the Premier League, you get dropped down to what's called the Championship. Now, the reason that this works is because in Europe, you have the Football Association, which is kind of like the NCAA. It's the governing body. And they kind of set the terms at which the leagues will operate. Each league can only have like 20 to 25 teams. Um, You have to play a certain number of games, that sort of thing. And then they do promotion and relegation. So teams that finish at the bottom of the championship then go down to League One. The naming is weird. Uh, team that wins League One goes up to the championship. Team that wins the championship goes up to Premier League. And you have every year this shuffle of teams at the bottom and the top of the lower levels. In the U.S., it doesn't work that way. The U.S. Soccer Federation, they set the rules of how to sanction a professional league, and they will sanction you at a certain level. But MLS is kind of over here, and USL is over there. And they might play each other in the open cup or whatever, but if Louisville city were to win the USL this year, they're not getting promoted to MLS and FC Cincinnati is not getting relegated back down to USL. Do you think that is the way it ought to be done? Because it it seems to me that the benefit of doing it like England does it is that, well, in every other sports league in America, um, and we were talking about this as fans of Cincinnati sports, there are teams that are perennially awful. Mm-hmm. And, and despite no matter how bad they are, an owner still gets to lie in their pockets uh, with, with tons of revenue profit um, and doesn't have a whole lot of need to field a competitive team. And so does the threat if there were the threat that a Cincinnati Bengals could be relegated to something else, it would seem to me that that would light a fire under them to say, Oh my goodness, we've got to put out a better product. Does, does, but instead, you know, it doesn't matter <laughs> not that they don't want to, mm-hmm. but there's no real, what's the worst is going to happen to them. Right. So is there the possibility that that could happen to MLS and I don't know, are there teams that are perennially bad in MLS that are have no fear of ever being relegated, obviously? There are, to answer the second part first, there are teams that are perennially mediocre, but MLS is set up in such a way it, with really strict spending controls and salary caps and roster rules that – to be bad, it's kind of like the NFL. To be bad for many years in a row takes a whole new level of incompetence. Like it's set up in a way that you should be able to feel a competitive team every couple of years. Um, to answer the part about promotion relegation, on paper, all things being equal, it sounds like a great idea, right? Good teams move up, bad teams move down. Um, the issue is in the, in the modern world that we live in where capitalism 
runs amok with everything in say the premier league they have no spending controls whatsoever really so i think it was um manchester city over the past couple of years has spent over a billion dollars on players just to to win every year and a team like norwich who is really bad norwich city they're going to get relegated this year but in relegation they get what people kind of call the golden parachute which is this payment of something around 65 million pounds um for just stinking up the joint and getting kicked out of the league but then that puts them at a competitive advantage next year right because they're now in the championship with teams that don't have that so you get these yo-yo clubs as they're called that can constantly either go down and pop back up so norwich will be down for a couple of years they'll come back uh, burnley will go down they'll come back um and then in some cases there have been situations where teams have been relegated they they've bet their future on the premier league they've taken out tons of loans and then they get relegated and then their debtors come calling and next thing you know they're filing for bankruptcy because they've just been relegated and relegated they don't have the money to operate mls probably will never they probably will not usl on the other hand they have set up a third division league like we talked about usl getting moved up to second level they started their own third division and they are talking about maybe doing promotional relegation inside of themselves which i think could work because if all the owners are on board um and it's within your own kind of house it could possibly work i don't i'd be surprised if they actually follow through with it but i don't ever see a day where mls is doing that maybe there's a day where usl starts another a major league and they're they have three levels who knows so then because there is no threat of relegation you know i live in louisville we have louisville city which i'm not going to pretend like i'm a big supporter of but i do know that they've got a lovely stadium downtown uh, i do know that last night i think they made it to their seventh straight eastern conference finals yeah. i think so they've been a very competitive team yeah very successful um but because fc cincinnati is there an hour and a half down the road and they're mls and they're going to stay there which is good does that does that kind of shut the door that a that a city in a such a similar market so close could ever get an mls team because there's already an MLS team for the greater Cincinnati market. Right. Um, never say never. I mean, there's a reason why Major League Baseball, which is kind of the of the big five leagues, is probably the one that's at the biggest risk of dying, uh, that they're looking at expansion. Um, and in, in fact, a few a week or two ago, one of the guys who owned is a part owner of Louisville City came out and said that he looked at buying Real Salt Lake and moving them, but the cost was going to be too high. Um, so I would, I would say the, the likely, you're right. The likelihood of Louisville city getting an MLS team is pretty slight because of the teams in the area. You got a team in Nashville, you got a team in Cincinnati, you're getting a team in St. Louis. So there's cities there nearby that have that just like 
the chances of Louisville getting an NBA team are pretty low because you've got a team in um, Indianapolis just two hours up the road. So, I, but I would never say never. I mean, if if there's somebody there in Louisville who wants to cut a $300 million check, they can do it tomorrow. I think Louisville's best bet is USL starts their own top division, which they could do. There's literally nothing stopping them other than investment. It's just we need people with a lot of money to burn. That, that would be like a competitor. It'd be like a competitor, us. yeah. Hmm. So like the the XFL to the NFL, you know, yeah, very yeah. A, a very even product in terms of the quality <laughs> of the play. So um, a few weeks ago, I had the chance, you invited me up to go to uh, see FC Cincinnati. And we went down mm-hmm. to the, this brand new stadium that um, despite my feelings about their lack of ice cream selection, and the fact that I couldn't find a coffee on a cool evening, that that major faux pas aside, seems like a state-of-the-art uh, stadium. Um, doesn't seem like there's a bad sight line in the place. Um, obviously, it's got all the bells and whistles in terms of lighting and pyrotechnics and, and all the sort of thing that you would want. And then I'm assuming partly because of that investment, they got to host a world cup qualifier just a few days ago um, with USA and Mexico. Um, You had a chance to go to that game, right? Mm -hmm. Had you ever been to a, a world cup qualifier? No, that was actually, I'd never been to a international match of any kind. Um, And so I was really excited traditionally. uh, And by traditionally, I mean like the past 15 years, um, probably 20 years, USA, Mexico, when they play in the World Cup qualifier, they traditionally would play up at Columbus Crew Stadium. Um, that stadium has been, it's not torn down, but the crew have moved to a new stadium. Uh, and so, and the last time that Mexico and the U.S. played there, the U.S. lost. So it kind of lost some of its luster. Uh, and so when it was announced that Cincinnati was getting um, the U.S., a U.S. national team qualifier, I immediately jumped in and, you know, put in a bid for tickets. And then, you know, it was then announced it's going to be Mexico. So, yeah, I was there. And it was uh, it was great because it might be a once-in-a-lifetime thing. So it was wonderful to see it in person. Could you have imagined 15 years ago, 10 years ago, that not only would there be an MLS team in Cincinnati, but they would have the state of the art stadium located in a great location and hosting international world cup qualifiers. Did you expect that to happen? No, not in my wildest dreams. Um, I actually, I was on a soccer forum 10 years ago and I posted a thread about, you know, could Cincinnati support an MLS team? And I put the pros and cons. And at the end, I said, as much as I would love it, as being from that area, you and I grew up, what, 45 minutes outside of Cincinnati. Um, The fact that the Columbus crew were close by and the fact that the city already had two major league teams, I just didn't think it was possible. And so 
when I first walked into that stadium um, back whenever they played the crew uh, here in Cincinnati the first time, I was just blown away. And this entire week, uh, I'm on a, a podcast called Cincy Soccer Talk, and we had a pregame show before the game on Friday, and everybody to a person mentioned that exact sentiment. Like 10 years ago, none of us would have expected this. We thought, you know, th there wasn't even a plan for FC Cincinnati at the time. And then six years ago when the team started, who would have thought, you know, that we'd be in this kind of situation now, um, which the results for FCC were better, but just to be there and see, you know, the biggest World Cup qualifying match that we host in Cincinnati and in that town, you know, in that neighborhood, it, it's just phenomenal. And, and I have to pinch myself sometimes. And I mean, is the world, is the way that the, the, um, is there a chance with a good showing and, and ticket sales and all that sort of stuff, could more in the future, more international games come? Yeah, absolutely. There will be more international games. They've already hosted the U.S. women's national team. Uh, they play friendlies all the time, and uh, they hosted you know, a few months ago, and I can't remember who they played, but they beat them like eight to nothing. It was <laughs> it was crazy. But, um, yeah, there, there will definitely be more international games. Um, the format of the World Cup is going to maybe change, plus in 2026 – the U.S., Canada, and Mexico are host nations, which means they don't have to qualify. So you, these teams won't have to go through the rounds of qualification like they are this time around. So that's what made Friday even more special. Um, but yeah, absolutely, there's going to be all sorts of international tournaments and stuff that are going to come through Cincinnati. So you mentioned, first of all, Right now, again, I'm ignorant of these things. So since so USA is now in first place in their conference, their confederation. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. So in the confederation. So FIFA, the world governing body, divides the world up into different confederations. Um, don't ask me to name them all because I don't know them. But the one with USA, Mexico, Canada... Panama, Jamaica, um, we are at the top of that, of the standings for, for the qualifying for that confederation. There are eight teams that have made it to this level of qualifying. They call it the octagonal. And whoever is at the top three at the end, I think, will qualify to go to the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. And there's, so that's, is that a foregone conclusion now? Or is it no? Is no. it possible? Um, is it likely that the United States is going to win this thing? It's likely. I mean, they really, after not qualifying last time, most USA fans just want us to qualify. So we don't care if we win. Um, winning it gives you a little bit better seating in the actual World Cup. So it's kind of like winning your conference tournament, you know, Louisville. University of Louisville might be really good in the ACC and may get an auto bid to March Madness. But if they win the ACC tournament, they might get a one seed, right? So if USA finishes at the top, they might get a better seed for the World Cup. Um, but it's not over yet. They still have qualifying in January, February, March. But this first half of qualifying 
they're they're sitting at the top of the table. Well, I hope that their postseason success is better than U of L because yeah. you know <laughs> the Cardinals have not been to March Madness in a while, and then uh, you know the NCAA likes to come and take victories away. So that's a sore spot here in town. Um, so you said that in 2026, Canada, the United States, and Mexico are host nations. They're sharing the responsibility? Yeah, they're sharing the responsibility. Um, obviously, the U.S. is going to have the most host cities. Um, Canada, I think, is going to have maybe two cities, three cities that can host. Uh, and then Mexico, I think, is only going to have three cities, three or four cities that can host. Uh, so... Yeah, typically it's one country, but there have been joint World Cup hosting sites before. Uh, in 2002, Japan and South Korea shared hosting duties. Um, a few years ago, Belgium, the Netherlands, and Luxembourg all bid on it to host as three nations. So I say that this, outside of the U.S., we're probably going to see this a lot more where more nations kind of band together to try to host. It, it, that, that seems like it would make more sense. I know I, I've watched uh, uh, some documentary sort of stuff on Brazil and the just economic disaster that not only having the world cup, but then the, the Olympics like back to back or something like that. For a nation like that, even a, a wealthy nation like Brazil, to try to build the infrastructure and all that sort of stuff was just makes no sense. And yeah. and even for a, a country with a fraction of the resources of the United States, it doesn't make any sense to, to invest in that sort of stuff. So I'd, I'd imagine sharing the responsibility just from a purely economic standpoint is good for the countries involved. Right. And nobody is building any for, from what I can understand, unless something changes in Washington DC and they suddenly decide to build a new NFL stadium between now and then. Um, that was, that was part of the, the infrastructure bill. Right. I, I think, right. I was it. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I would have believed you. Cause you know, who knows what's in that bill. Some. <laughs> Why don't if maybe if Washington D.C. had a, a voting member of Congress that they well, get it, yeah. but no, I'm all for that. I think that's um, what we should be doing. Screw the screw the bridges and the ports. <laughs> we should just be building new stadiums around. The exactly. Country. Unfortunately, in many cities, that has been the case where it's screw building whatever it is for our city that we can use, like a light rail system or whatever. Let's build a new NFL stadium. Sure. Um, with our tax money, but in the U.S. Uh, there's not going to be any new stadiums built uh, it, it, unless something changes in Washington, D.C. Every city is bidding with an existing stadium, which is kind of nice. Okay, so this makes a lot more sense to me. Because for people who don't know, uh, Cincinnati's International Airport is actually located in northern Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And so I was on the Twitter the other day, and I saw our governor, Andy Bashir in Kentucky meeting representatives from FIFA or somebody with a scarf on, obviously talking about Cincinnati hosting the world cup. And so he was promoting that because again, 
all those flights and everything would be coming through Kentucky and people would be staying in hotels in Kentucky. And so when I saw that, I thought this was Cincinnati bidding to be a host city for the entire World Cup. No. Yeah, so no. so they're they're bidding to be one of several sites. Right. That makes so much more sense. Yeah, unlike the Olympic Games, which are in one city, and you might have a few outlying areas, the World Cup takes place in a host nation. So, like the example of Korea and Japan, if you know, back in two thousand two. You know, the U.S. played all their games in Korea, but other teams played all their games in Japan. And then I think the final was in Korea. Um, so in the U.S., we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like 12 teams, 12 teams, 12 cities bidding for the right to host some of the matches. So then this is like like the NCAA tournament there, where there are four regions. Right. Right. And right. so each region has a number of, of, you know, the, the sweet 16 and the elite eight games mm-hmm. there. So that's what this is. Right. Right. That makes so much, so more sense. <laughs> yeah. So do you think the Cincinnati then is considering they're only competing against other American cities? Mm-hmm. Do they have a shot at getting this? I, so the, there are a few things in, in Cincinnati's favor. The biggest of which is if you think of that, this region of the country, what is the biggest city in this kind of region of the country? Be Chicago, right? Chicago is not bidding, which was surprising when, when the host city bids came out. So that is kind of in Cincinnati's favor is that they're in the Midwest at, you know, this conjunction of a lot of population. I think the stat was we're nine hours drive from 60% of the US population. We have a wonderful airport here. Um, So yeah, I think they have a good shot. The drawback is you've got Nashville fairly close. Nashville is more of a touristy town that probably the rest of the world has probably heard of a little bit more. And Kansas City is also somewhat nearby. Um, And they hosted back in 1994. So they have that history there. If you think about all the other stuff that cities have, like uh, really good mass transit, none of the cities have good mass transit. So that's kind of going to be working against them. But really in this middle section of the country, it's Nashville, Kansas City, and Cincinnati that are the ones trying to get bids. Um, Atlanta will probably get automatically be chosen. So they're kind of out. But yeah, I, I think... I would not be surprised if they get it, but I would not be surprised if they don't. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, but I'm not going to be surprised if we don't get it. Do those other cities have Geta? No, they don't. Geta's delicious. Well, then there you go. Have you right. had Geta? Of course. Yeah, I've had Geta. Okay. You remember, well, you remember that restaurant? I don't know if it exists anymore. They called Tom and Chi. Mm-hmm. Tom and Chi is not a sponsor of this podcast, but <laughs> it's, it was a, it was a, a, a grilled cheese restaurant and yeah. you could get a grilled cheese and i think it was from cincinnati originally but you could get a grilled cheese and get a and i said oh, that actually sounds really good yeah it was i took it i think you could get a side of grippos too you know, <laughs> <laughs> all your cincinnati favorites 
Slap um, some skyline chili on top. You're in business. Oh, and be like, <laughs> and a big red smoky gliding into second base. Um, so when I saw that, when I saw the governor talking about Cincinnati, and again, I was confused. I thought this was a, a whole thing. I had flashbacks to when a lot of people don't know this, Cincinnati put in a bid for the 2012 Olympic games. And this probably, this was probably around 2000 or so early 2000s. They put in yeah. the bid. Yeah. And so I, I, uh, I actually found on online, I'm looking at right now, what a picture that I believe was in the Cincinnati Inquirer uh, from years ago that has the proposed Olympic, <laughs> the proposed Olympic uh, uh, facilities for the, um, the uh, Cincinnati, um, the, <laughs> the Cincinnati 2012 Olympics. And it's just looking back on it, that was nuts. Yeah. But they, <laughs> I think they wanted to put a roof over Nippert Stadium. Yeah, for, they did. For the that basketball. Was be like the main venue for basketball and gymnastics. And there's like a stadium built out in what is basically a railroad yard right yeah. now. Yeah. So I'm looking at, <laughs> they had several of these places don't even exist anymore. They were going to use Riverfront Stadium, mm -hmm. uh, so that's gone. They were going to try to use the form. I don't even know what it's called now. The Riverfront Coliseum, U.S. Bank Arena, yeah, whatever it is. That place ought to be condemned. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> they were going to use the Cincinnati Gardens, which I think has been. Has it been it's torn been down? It's been torn down. Yep. Yeah. This is just. This is nuts. <laughs> but, but anyway. So I I thought when I thought they were trying to get the World Cup, I was like, "What? <laughs> you've got you've got FC Cincinnati, and I guess you got Paul Brown. Like, where else would you play?" But now, now that I know they just want to host some games, <laughs> I I I hope they get it because I applaud the people back in two thousand for swinging for the fences mm -hmm. in terms of getting the Olympics, but. But that would have been, I mean, in, in the same way that the World Cup is a money hole for countries, the Olympics is even worse. This, yeah. this, I mean, if you can, if you read up on what happened to Brazil, what happened to Athens, Greece, all of these countries, that they don't get anything out right. of this. Tokyo, even this year, was they they had people protesting in Tokyo. They didn't want it, and so. You know, the more you can share things and spread them around and not be such a uh, a bane on the taxpayers for for some international organization to get all the money. I think that seems like a, a good idea. Yeah. Well, I'm I um I think it's official now that despite the Cincinnati Reds being the oldest professional team in the United States. And despite the fact that uh, the Bengals had Boomer Esiason at one time, <laughs> I, I think it is fair to say, based upon the past week, that now Cincinnati is, is Soccer City, USA. 
and, yeah. and, and, and FC Cincinnati has overtaken those other two beloved franchises. I don't know if I would go that far. Uh, they certainly haven't overtaken the Bengals and the Reds, the Reds can do no wrong. It's, yeah. it's insane how much people follow that team, myself included, despite how bad they are. Um, but FC Cincinnati, it, that was the thing that I think really kind of blew people away when FC Cincinnati started. And, and then now this past weekend, cause I heard and from a lot of people from out of, out of state who had never really been to Cincinnati before, just how much people latched onto the team and latched onto the sport. Um, and yeah, it, it is a soccer town and I think it always was. Um, but no one really was willing to put the money behind it until, you know, six years ago, six, seven years ago when they started planning FC Cincinnati and got the richest guy in the city to back it up a guy who's worth i think three billion dollars or something like that maybe more um and that's what it would have taken anyway you know if you're if you're gonna kind of invest in something you need to go all in you know you can't do it halfway well i'm i'm very happy to to see um to see the I, the success, even if it's not been on the field thus far, uh, for Cincinnati, and I love seeing the new stadium. And uh, listen, I think clearly, based upon my most recent visits, Cincinnati is a city on the grow. <laughs> <laughs> and, Say and, hello to our new aquacar factory. That's right. Uh, and hey, maybe, maybe though, see bringing it full circle. Circle they this the, the actual infrastructure plan. They claim they're going to fix that Brent Spence bridge. Yeah. And, and people have been claiming they're going to do that for 30 years. So if they can get that done, maybe that will help the cause. Of, maybe. <laughs> because right now, that thing's a death trap if you're traveling over top of it. If you're, if you're not from the, that area and you want to visit Cincinnati, find another route. Do, do, not, do not take the, the 71 slash 75 bridge across or you're going to you know, hold your breath while you do well jason uh i feel like i have learned a thing or two about soccer here in two years next year i will pay attention uh to the the um the, the world cup in qatar um well I'm, there there had to be some corruption going on there oh for them to put that thing in a desert and a humanitarian disaster it's, yeah but well. you know what if if FIFA's anything like the IOC, they don't care about that sort of stuff. No. So, no. <laughs> so maybe maybe that's a strike against the United States. But in that regard, uh, I will pay attention to it next year and maybe even pay a little bit more attention now to lo- to regional teams than I do now because I understand more. And I certainly hope Cincinnati can host one of those one of those sites in uh, in twenty twenty six. Yeah. Happy to help. <laughs> well, thanks for joining uh, me and my dozens of listeners here on Among Other Things.